The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are a visionary. You have a vision. You just need to create it and bring it to life. Welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with your host, Kate Ebner. Our program will be an hour of inspiration from leaders who are making their visions happen and will set you on the path to having a big impact through your leadership and the life you really want. Now here's your host, Kate Ebner. Good morning and welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. You know, many people suspect that what goes on at universities is what we call ivory tower stuff that may or may not have real world application. Um, I want to show you today through the conversation that we're about to have how far wrong that is at the State University of New York. My guest today is Dr. Timothy Colleen of the Research Foundation for SUNY. He's also the SUNY Vice Chancellor for Research. The Research Foundation known as the RF, supports nearly $1 billion in research across the SUNY campuses annually. I'm going to ask Dr. Colleen to dive deeper into how this research is making an impact, but first I want to tell you a little bit more about his background and then invite him to do the same. He was born in Wales and has a background in atomic and molecular physics. He's authored over 450 publications, papers, and conference proceedings and has held posts at the University of Colorado, the University of Michigan, and as director of the National Center for Atmospheric Research and as assistant director for geosciences at the National Science Foundation. Tim, thank you so much for being here and for joining me today. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, It's delightful to be here. I'm glad you are. I've had the privilege of working with you um, as you came on board at the RF. And, you know, I've had had a chance to to see your leadership in action, which I'm Mm -hmm. sure we're going to explore a little bit today. Um, But I'd love it if you could begin by just telling us a bit more about, um, you know, who you are, the work you've done, your previous leadership Mm -hmm. experiences. Mm -hmm. Well, I I grew up in Wales, as as you mentioned, sort of in an Irish Catholic uh, background, went to London to study physics. And uh, came to the States in, in my mid-twenties, um, and I was at the University of Michigan for 20-plus years in lots of different job categories, and enjoyed the, the teaching tremendously and, and, and the research. I really came across to work in the NASA program. Um, I had some leadership experiences there, including Associate Vice President for Research, which was all about sort of connecting across the university, uh, getting interdisciplinary teams stood up. Then I left uh, Michigan, which was a, a, a you know a tricky transition after all that time um, to become director of NCAR, which you also mentioned, uh, which is a national center for atmospheric research, really at the core of interdisciplinary studies of the Earth system, the atmosphere, the climate system, weather systems, etc. And did that for eight years. 
Um, also, I was president of AGU, which is the American Geophysical Union, the biggest uh, worldwide professional society for geoscientists. So I really dug, dug well into the geosciences, which is, uh, and the Greeks had it right, you know, geology, geo, and logos, the, the knowledge about the planet that we, that we live on. So I've had a wonderful career. Then after uh, NCAR, I went on to, um, to government service and served as the director of the National Science Foundation's Geosciences Directorate for four years and uh, got involved in lots of international programs as well as uh, uh, stewardship of the 2,000-plus institutions that do that kind of work. And now, of course, I'm at SUNY and at the RF and delighted to be here. Well, it's... Um it's quite astonishing, actually, to just hear you describe that, even though you sounded so matter-of-fact about the, <laughs> the things you've done. But, you know, you earned a Ph.D. in atomic and molecular physics by the time you were 23 years old. And I have seen you in, in the room as a leader, and I've seen at times you've used scientific metaphors um, to help us understand the dynamics of change. Um, I'm curious, how do you think your scientific background informs you as a leader, Tim? Well, first of all, I come from a long line of teachers and doctors and uh, um, professionals of different types, but teaching is sort of in the blood. And uh, so explaining things, uh, learning how things work. I've always been very curious about uh, how things work. And if I see an iPhone, I want to see what's in it and how it, how it functions. Um, so I like to take the lids off things and look inside. I used to do it with cars, but cars are much more um, complex now than, than they used to be. So natural curiosity, I think, led me into science. And uh, I really picked physics because I thought it was going to be the most challenging thing that I could do, and if I succeeded there, I would probably be able to do anything. So, um, and I think that's been true, at least in my career, that if you have a, a good grounding of um, analytics and mathematics and, and deep study in, in how the natural world functions, then you can apply that in lots of different domains. So, I do tend to have a um, scientific analytical perspective on things, but I also like to simplify so that I can understand things and then explain them to others, which means you have to sort of um, figure out how to articulate complexity in terms that people can appreciate. And that's all about teaching and learning. So I've always been fascinated by teaching and learning. But that really goes back to my heritage, I think. You know, it's nice to hear you describe it that way. And, and I like what you just said about, you know, the translation into simple terms. And I think that might be a perfect um, segue into the question of what is the research foundation and how does it work together with the state university system? I know that there's complexity there, but you'll be able to explain that for us. Well, I hope so. Um, so the research foundation is a 60-year-old uh, organization. It's a non-for-profit organization that exists to serve um, SUNY, the 64-campus system of SUNY. It's been doing it for uh, 60 years, as I mentioned, and, and its pur central purpose is to provide the opportunity for knowledge creation through research and discovery. And so specifically what the Research Foundation does is it, is it administers the sponsored programs that um, all the researchers across all of the SUNY campuses are engaged in, and it also supports the commercialization of that, of that research through patents and licenses and intellectual property. So we, uh, the RF manages the sponsored programs, make sure that all the trains run on time, that reports are due in in time, that proposals are uh, a, a, a in good shape when they leave, and then 
also looks at the at, at the outcomes of the knowledge creation, the research that's done through commercialization. And we do it um, with a central office, about 120 people, but a total of about 17,000 employees across the whole state, most of them at campuses, many of them students and professors who are doing work in the, in the, in the summer. So the Research Foundation is the, organ, the organization that allows SUNY to do research, and increasingly it's become very important for what well, the term we like to use is innovation, which is converting that knowledge creation through research into public good through goods and services that can be commercialized or can just make life better for for people through um, uh, through technology trans, uh, transfer into the into the public domain. So that's a lot of what we're really focused on these days is making sure that the dollars that get spent at, at SUNY have a public benefit through the creation of new knowledge that's um, that's useful useful new knowledge you know that's a great phrase converting knowledge into the public good and you know to think about the reach you have across all of those campuses and with the uh kind of um budget that you command um and and the mission it sounds like really to to do this important work of bringing knowledge um, to the benefit of of people. What do you think is the opportunity at hand today, right now, with the, the RF? Well, if you think about, if you think of it in historical terms, you know, we used to have an agrarian economy um, back at the time of the Civil War, and now we have uh, very much an information or a knowledge economy. We um, the way the way prosperity is built in our society is through goods and services that come together um, uh, to to create and deploy new knowledge. So we're living, whether we appreciate it every day or not, in in a world that is uh, full of gadgets and technologies and services and financial instruments that need to be optimized and made efficient and and to provide goods and services that people can can use to make their lives better. So in that in that knowledge economy, we need experts and expertise coming together from lots of different disciplines. Um, and that's why actually SUNY is such a a, a, a wonderful emporium of capability and talent, and our Chancellor Nancy Zimfo recognizes this. That when you when you add it all up, it is just a, a marvelous um, array of capability and expertise, uh, human capital really that can be deployed in lots of interesting new ways. And uh, you know, the United States has always had to live off its wits. We're going to have to live off our wits into the future. So we need to be smart. We need to have. Um, uh, expertise. We need to uh, be able to bring together all what I call the ologies, the uh, hydrology, the uh, atmospheric science, the economics, the different fields of uh, enterprise to create through perhaps sometimes systems engineering goods and services that make sense and can keep uh, America prosperous into the future. So SUNY is a vehicle to do that at scale, which is the thing that I am particularly intoxicated about because if you if you want to have impact, um, it's good to have excellence and scale. You can be excellent in a small little setting, and you can have some impact, or you can be uh, you can have big scale but not be that great, and you can have some impact. But if you have scale and excellence, they multiply together, then you can have enormous impact. And I think the opportunity that we're seeing and experiencing, and Governor Cuomo also experience, is, is sort of leading the way in many ways, is the, 
the, the cost product of higher education everywhere in a large state um, serving public good through um, supporting the knowledge economy is really where it's at for the future of jobs and prosperity. And so we want to do it at scale, but also with a commitment to excellence. And I think that's the that's the uh, that's that's what we're going to try to do. That's a great distinction that you just made about um, the impact that that an institution can have when doing something at scale and simultaneously doing it with excellence. And I, I have rarely heard anyone articulate that point. We only have about a minute before we take a break, mm-hmm. um, Tim, but I wanted to ask you, um, when we think about uh, the good that SUNYs can do as, as this knowledge is converted into application in the real world, is this really focused on the state of New York or is this a much, much bigger impact? Oh, I, I think it's bigger impact, but certainly the state of New York, um, and, and certainly upstate New York, which is slowly, more slowly, perhaps than, than, than should have happened, recovered from the uh, recession period of 2007-8-9, but we're on our way now. And, but I think if New York really um, fully expresses the potential, the impact on the nation and the world is going to be uh, tremendous. I, I sort of see New York as the home of innovation in many ways. It's got this storied legacy, of course, but if it, if it can export what I call saleable solutions to the rest of the world, that will be a fantastic American product of, uh, of, of service. And so, yes, absolutely, we'll get it right here, and then uh, it's going to have a big impact on, on other, other, other nations. Thank you very much for that clarification. We're going to take a break right now, and we'll be back in just a moment. I'm speaking today with my guest, Dr. Timothy Colleen of the Research Foundation for SUNY. This is Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life, and we'll be right back. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. 
With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Good morning, and thank you for joining us on Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life today. As you know, I'm joined by Dr. Timothy Colleen, who is the president of the Research Foundation for SUNY, and we're about to dive into some of the exciting ventures that the RF is leading right now. Dr. Colleen, what are some of the ways you're partnering with SUNY? I think you gave us some, some ideas before we took the break, um, but I'd love to hear about what you said last, which was related to economic revitalization in New York and uh, innovation. Tell us what's What's, what, are, what are some of the examples of partnership? Well, you know, SUNY has these 64 campuses. We have the community colleges that are all about creating the human capital, the competencies for the modern economy. We, we've got comprehensive universities, technical universities, doctoral universities, and, and medical schools. So there are literally tens of thousands of researchers uh, around the state. And there's some very exciting work going on in areas like biomedical research, um, looking at cancer, looking at proteomics, in nanotechnology, in uh, renewable energy research. We've got research in environmental sciences, looking at things like disaster remediation after this hit from Sandy. We've got people doing economics and public health and, of course, arts and humanities as well. So the, the scale of expertise is very large, and there's very exciting work in all of the areas I just mentioned going forward, it's some, some of which needs to be brought to the fore, that is to brought to the attention of, for example, the community of venture capitalists, uh, maybe predominantly in the city, who, who are investing in new companies, small startup companies, or maybe companies that have already grown a little bit. And that process of taking the research, the sort of bench-top level discovery class research down the path of technology transfer into uh, commercialization is, is something, is, it's a system. It's a, we think of it sometimes as an ecosystem where you've got to have all the parts tuned up for, for throughput. And I think that's a huge opportunity for New York as a state, particularly an upstate, to really get that all humming along. And, and we call that the Innovation New York Network, where we're bringing the, the, um, the people generating ideas and discoveries close to the people who have the vision for commercialization and new businesses and we make applications that can be uh, beneficial in lots of different settings and really making those connections work well so that university is less of an ivory tower and more of a 
a, a great provider of um, capabilities that can be brought to brought to the marketplace. So that that is very exciting in in New York State, and in particular under under Governor Cuomo's leadership, he has really stressed uh, what he calls the innovation uh, agenda, which which has uh, several really important components, the, the most uh, exciting of which is probably Startup New York, where the concept is that rather than have, uh, say, SUNY campuses export their, um, their discoveries to other places, we bring in companies into really close adjacency on the campuses with, um, with the beneficial tax uh, settings so that it can spin in rather than spin out uh, um, activities and really rev up the innovation uh, agenda in, in New York State. I think that's proven um, in, uh, in the past in New York, but also in places like Silicon Valley. And the opportunity in uh, New York State, particularly in upstate, is enormous simply because we have that tremendous um, wealth of research and development already underway in all of these areas that I mentioned. And we ha- it's a wealthy state in many regards. And so the financial wherewithal to convert those discoveries into, um, into commercial activities exists. So getting that system to sing, I think, is, uh, is what the RF is working towards um, with, with a lot of support and encouragement from, um, from major players, our chancellor and the governor in particular, of course. That, I think, is very exciting because that's the way we're going we're gonna, to uh, really uh, flourish. Yes, it sounds it sounds very pragmatic, and it sounds um, you know to me, someone who works quite often with um, with the idea of vision and how do we you know we see it, we see what we want, we see the future we really want to create. How do we actually make that happen? And what I'm loving about what you just described is the attention on the process of taking ideas from research to commercialization, so that that process. It sounds like is as user friendly, as easy, as supported as possible to get to the outcomes that you're really wanting to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I think that you know for those listening, the point I want to make is is um, it's one thing to see the end, the end game. It's another to be able to really define and execute on the path to getting there. And I think that this is a great example of that. Um, Tim, I'd like to ask you, and um, this is uh, you maybe. Uh, you can answer this any way you want to, but what is your vision of impact for SUNY New York State and beyond when you think about scale plus excellence, when you think about the caliber of research and intellect and the potential to really apply this, you know, wh- what is it that, that motivates you? What's the vision you have? Well, I, I think it's, it's taking a public university system, um, which, which is accessible, so the... Um, you know, a parent sending their child to SUNY knows what the tuition is going to be, and it's going to be reasonable for the next few years. So it's accessible to uh, to many. Uh, taking that um, engine of research and development and really turbocharging it uh, in, in the area of tech transfer um, for public good. Everything has to be focused on the mission of education, learning, and economic development. But I think if we do this well, uh, in the next five years, we will see um, tremendous growth. We'll see, I think there's a potential of doubling SUNY's research volume. You mentioned it as a billion dollars. Um, that billion dollars comes into the state and creates about $20 billion of economic impact. If we could double that 
over time, maybe 10 years, through really going after some of the uh, most important um, scientific breakthrough arenas that, 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 that we know society needs, in, whether it's in looking at Alzheimer's or nanotechnology or in renewable energies or environmental uh, resiliency, those, those areas, if we, can, if we can become sort of real experts with the interdisciplinary breadth in those areas, we'll be able to grow our research volume, and that will pay off in many ways. We'll be able to attract nationally prominent uh, faculty researchers. We'll be able to increase our industry-sponsored research. Um, we should be able to do things like doubling the number of um, patents and licensing and market success, uh, stimulating private investment. And, uh, you know, I, you mentioned right at the beginning that, that I was a scientist, and, of course, I, I, uh, I, I always come back to STEM, that's science, technology, engineering, and math. We need people as well. We need the human capital to, to uh, succeed in this knowledge economy. And I'd like to see the number of uh, SUNY graduates majoring in STEM fields grow as well. And, and along that same path, having those students um, start new companies and get the kind of um, uh, accoutrements for success and the encouragement that they need to, uh, to succeed. It's, if you look at the the 24 to 35 year old age cohort. That's the age cohort I often focus on because they, they're, they're very creative and they're willing to take risks. And we need to make sure that they have everything they need to fully engage, um, with a success orientation in, in society. So I see SUNY, um, everywhere in this big, important state as a major vehicle to make that, that all happen. So, uh, there are a lot of metrics you could measure along that path, but that's a very ambitious um, goal, and it would be a, an inflection point in a curve that's seeing growth, but, but why not dream a little bit and stretch and reach a little bit further, particularly now when society as a whole needs these solutions. Why not, indeed? And, you know, you, you've just done the thing that I, I think... Um, I love to hear from from in terms of visionary leadership, which is to challenge us to think bigger, to think bolder, you know, to think why not if we're going to if we're going to work this hard, why not go for it, right? Why not why not really make an impact? And I again point that out for those. Well, listening. I always think that life is pretty short, so you might as well um, go <laughs> go for things. But I also believe that vision is relatively easy. You've got to get the buy-in from the people who are going to deliver. And so that combination of setting ambitious stretch goals, I like the, I like the term stretch goals, uh-huh. and then getting the shared vision. There's nothing as powerful as a shared vision. Getting yeah. the teams together to go after it. Uh, it's, it's what improves morale in organizations when people are uh, really feel there's positive momentum. Um, certainly in academia, people are very... Um, you know, very stimulated by the, the sense of momentum and uh, and forward motion, and so that's what we need to do. We need the vision, but we also need the the teaming and the and the uh, the relationships among these various players uh, pulling together in a given direction. Well, that's a that's a, that's a, a terrific point, and I think it really speaks to what you were saying about STEM and, and adding the the P for people um, and and the idea of teams to get there. And you know, I, I want to ask you. We just again have a couple of minutes here before a break, but um, you've outlined kind of what is needed in order to get there. What do you think it will take to achieve 
the vision that you you have in mind? I mean, when you when you kind of think about, okay, if this is where we're going, what do I need to be doing? What do we need to be doing to move this forward? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind when you ask that question is is collaboration. Uh, that's working together. Um, you know, co-designing projects, co-producing them, co-delivering them, working together in, in teams. I, I think collaboration is incredibly important. Um, and, and what I was talking about earlier was a collaboration with higher education and, and the commercial sectors in a way. It's a, it's a coming together around a joint, joint work. But if you look at all of science and technology in the world today, and you just look at the papers that are published in archival journals, fully one-third of them in total in the whole world are collaborative across nations. So there is this enormous movement towards working together. So I see SUNY as a, as a, uh, a petri dish, if you like, a, a, a test emporium where we can really learn how to collaborate across institutional barriers of space and time um, and across disciplinary barriers and really do that well. So that my first answer would be, let's really learn how to collaborate. Fantastic. We're going to take a break right now. And, you know, that, that's a, that word collaboration um, is a, it's a, it's powerful, and I think it speaks to what I see leaders practicing and uh, really working on wherever there is a desire to make a big impact. We're going to take a break. This is Kate Ebner. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. My guest is Dr. Tim Colleen, and we'll be right back. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. 
We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. This is Kate, and we would like to hear from you. So if you're listening and would like to contact us with an email or a phone call, we'd love to hear from you and take your question live. Um, We've been talking about the vision for the RF with Dr. Tim Colleen, who in addition to being the president of the organization, is co-chair of New York's Innovation Network and a member of the National Academy of Engineering. Tim, what does it mean to institute excellence, that's that's our word, across the largest university-connected research foundation in the country? And I, I ask you that knowing that um, calling for excellence in such a large, in, you know, and, and some would even say bureaucratic environment means asking people to um, to think hard about what they're doing and how they're doing it. But I'm curious, from your perspective, what does it mean to put excellence in place across this system? Well, I think if you if you think about a university system like SUNY and, and the people who are working there, they're, they're really good people. We've got tremendous talent in that system. Um, the, the people who become professors, for example, have gone through all the tough courses. They've gone through all of the, you know, they've they've really committed themselves and their psychic energy into moving forward. So, just intrinsically. I'm a great believer that that, that people are um, motivated by um, good good things happening, and they can get unmotivated by s- slow, you know, molasses in in the feet. So momentum breeds success, and success breeds success. So I think it's it, the the approach here is to sort of engage all regions and people to liberate brilliant minds so that people have an opportunity to express themselves, to, to create this culture of collaboration that I mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, to recognize that, um, you know, not everybody has to do the same thing, but we, but we need collectively to have the human capital uh, to move forward. And the individual components of a large system like SUNY can each aspire to be the best in their breed, best community college, best technical school, best medical school. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't have to trip over um, e- each other's um, organizational structure, so we need to optimize that. We mm-hmm. really need then a lot of systems engineering, I think, leveraging our assets, um, c- creating a careful workflows. Um, I call them roadmaps where you, where you know where you're trying to get together and you've got enough buy-in that everybody's on board and you know what the next steps are, the stepwise approach to success, and then you... You drive towards those outcomes and you measure results along the way. So those are the general, the, the, the general things that if you look at any wonderful high-performing organization, you will find these things in place. You'll also find a lot of trust among, uh, among leadership and, and, and staff. And I think that's also an important thing to build up and, and, and upon at SUNY. It's got everything it needs. Yes, you know, that's 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 right, and I think that you know uh, one thing I sometimes find myself uh, working on with leaders and organizations is taking stock of what what they do have instead of what they don't have. And what strikes me as I listen to you today is how clearly you can see 
the talent and the strengths that are available to be leveraged, to be tapped into, to be um, harnessed toward this this vision and the mission, really that you're working for. You know, one thing I know is that um, you know collaboration you mentioned is 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 a critical element of the approach that will actually make this vision real. Um, do you have other thoughts about um, I don't know behaviors or qualities that are going to be necessary to get there? Well, maybe the best thing might be an example. Um, shortly after I arrived, we, we sort of did a analysis of what was going on, and we looked at the sort of research base. I call it an asset mapping. What are we really good at? What do we really know how to do? Where is the expertise? Where does it reside across all of SUNY? What gaps are obvious gaps where we don't have the kind of coverage that might be important? What are the opportunities? Also, not just opportunities, intellectual opportunities, but funding opportunities. Where is the, Where are the funding opportunities? And so we brought together a team of uh, vice presidents from re- for research from across the system and were meeting monthly. And after that asset mapping was done, it, was, it became sort of obvious that there were a few things we could really focus on uh, successfully across SUNY and really go for. Uh, you can't be everything to all people all the time, so you do need to focus. You need to have that discipline to focus down on what's really important. And we came up with uh, four what we're calling networks of excellence. Um, Governor Cuomo has now uh, um, uh, talks about the networks of excellence at SUNY as being part of his innovation agenda, so we're delighted that, that that's happened too. And they're in areas of... Um, drug discovery, biomedical healthcare delivery, in how the brain functions, um, in the connection between energy environment, which is very important for the future, and then advanced materials and manufacturing. So we have these four areas that we, that we glean from a self-study, and we think we're ready for prime time across all of SUNY with the whole system participating in these areas. So now we're having um, faculty workshops, we actually don't call them workshops because r- workshops are places where people make recommendations to others to do things. We call these charrettes, which are like design meetings where mm-hmm. the experts come and they co-design next steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so watch that space. I think in those four areas, um, uh, and we're going to be adding arts and humanities to that as well, we have great strengths that we can pull together and um, develop these roadmaps so we know what we're trying to do next and then after that and where we need to go and where the opportunity space are. So it's a little bit of the the sort of discipline that you need when you're building a gadget, which is you know what I used to do in my research. You build a satellite instrument, you had to have the thermal design, the mechanical design, the optical design, they all to work together. So it's, it's getting these various components to function together in a system effectively and then going through the decision tree to figure out what it is you're really going to go for. And then when you know what it is, you just go for full success. You don't do it half-heartedly. You, you've, you've decided and you, and you pull together in, in that direction. So that's all happening in SUNY. And um, I think it's testimony to the leadership of our chancellor, Nancy Zimfer, who has been talking about um, SUNY as a system ever since her first day in, in office, and she was the one who recruited me here um, with, this, with this vision. So it's, it's looking at how a system of component parts can add value. And, and you need to do everything we've been talking about, I think, all along to, uh, to create the optimal value. The exciting thing about SUNY is it's so big and it's everywhere in New York State that we're talking about a state 
which is as big as a European country. So it's this, this is not small potatoes here. We're talking about um, uh, you know um, big impact on the mm-hmm. international front as well. So that's what keeps me up at night. Actually, a little bit humble. Uh, <laughs> you know, we have we have something by the tail, and we don't know if it's a tiger or something even much bigger than that. But we're gonna we're gonna go for it with um, with the research foundation because. Um, we have the assets, we have the infrastructure, we have the people, and uh, and and certainly the state needs it, and and I think the the world needs this uh, new knowledge for societal good. Yes, well, I'll tell you, I, I grew up um, in northeastern Pennsylvania, bordering New York State, and um, talking with you and working with the RF, I've I've been myself re-energized about the state of New York just in hearing the messages that you are giving us about what's possible and what New York can can do and can do for all of us. And I wonder, um, Tim, you know, um, you know, we we often wonder, you know, what kind of leadership is needed, you know, and I think about this. Big, um, big vision of impact and this important um, mission that you're really working on. It's very clear that you see where you want to go and also understand how to get there. Um, what do people need from you as as the head of this? What What do you think people look to you for? I think it's it's the both sides of the coin. It's it's the the aspiration. Um, because there's always a danger of overreaching. I'm usually more criticized for overreaching than underreaching, and I'm just fine with that, to tell you the truth, because it's like any other muscle. Unless you're stretching, you're, you're, you're diminishing somehow. So I think you do have to be out there a little bit as a leader, maybe, but not so far out that you're in sort of unrealistic la-la land or some unrealistic space where, where people will, will just uh, you know turn their heads away. So aspiration is important, but then also the 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 um, the sort of managerial skill and the design skill to respecting people, um, to pull together teams, to lay down roadmaps, to organize, get organized, so that the the structure makes sense to folks. They can see their own role to celebrate victories and successes. Um, uh, with individuals and teams is very important too. So that the two sides of the coin are let's be aspirational, let's not be criticized for having an aspiration deficit, but let's get organized and, and uh, think it through, uh, focus down on the things that we're really going to go for, and then and then do it with full success in mind, and do it in an open way. So this is not a, a competition, it's an open innovation scheme um, so the partners can join, um, people don't feel left out, there are opportunities to participate. Um, uh, I think the openness uh, of a public university system lends itself well to that kind of, uh, that kind of approach. So I'd, I'd say those are the two sides of the coin for me. It's um, an and I, I, I really hope that I can um, I can be good on both sides and not just on one of the two sides because you, you get one of the two down and, and you don't have the other one, you're not going to make a lot of headway. You know, I, I, I think it's very helpful to hear that distinction that you're bringing about these two, the two sides of the coin. You know, as I'm, as I'm listening to you talk today, I'm, I'm really aware of, you know, the way that you are able to hold that 
big view, that, that vision, but also really drop down to the, the discussion of strategy and then drop down to the discussion of execution and I'm sure drop down to the discussion at, really at the tactical level. And I think that, that um, that's a, something I want our, our audience to, to notice is the way that you are able to speak from, you know, yes, the future, but also, you know, the near term, the execution level and the where we are right now. Um, we are coming up on yet another break. And I, before we do, Tim, I just have to ask you, I was once in your office and saw a sign there that said um, on the wall, and it says, do both. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you mean by that? And then we'll take a break. Okay, well, just quickly, this is a sign in my office. I've tucked it away in the corner because uh, in a previous job, my boss told me to take it down because... I looked at it too often, but do both to me means a lot. It means, and you can use it in all sorts of ways, it means strong family life and strong work ethic. They're not antithetical. We often sort of get trapped in these false dichotomies where it's either this or that. And very often in life it's, let's do that and something else too. So be musical and 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 do exercise or, or mm-hmm. in, in work it's pure and applied research there's you know if it's one's pitted against the other then you lose a lot of traction i think so i just have I was given this picture by uh, a board member in, in, in my previous job, and he came from the um, the insurance uh, industry, and he said, you, you have this written all over you. So he gave me a <laughs> big, big picture with massive, uh, massive letters, do both. So I, I keep it in my office, and um, I hope it's not intimidating people because people often do want decisions. Which one do I do first? So, That's and, true. Uh, and you can't always do both, but often it works. If you think about it in your personal life and any professional life it's often a good response I am going to think about it and apply it actually in the work that I'm doing these days <laughs> this is Kate Ebner my guest is Dr. Tim Colleen and we're going to take our final break we'll be right back Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. 
up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Welcome back. We have just a bit more time. Time is flying this hour. I'm talking, as you know, with Dr. Tim Colleen, who is the president of the Research Foundation for SUNY. Um, he has been sharing with us this exciting and very bold um, vision and plan for moving um, SUNY forward, moving the Research Foundation forward. Um, I think we've been taking it in and really grasping um, the the mission as well as I think the the vision and how to execute on it. You've said some really important things. I'm sure that people have been picking up on um, the importance of collaboration in making something like this happen. Um, the invitation to stretch, to be bold, um, that emphasis on tenacity, on really um, focusing on and leading from strengths, but making sure you have a plan that serves can serve as a real roadmap on how to get there. And I think you made that great comment that momentum breeds success and success breeds success. So, you know, it's all about staying focused and doing both, as we were just saying before the break. Um, Tim, you know, I wonder, you know, as you as you step back and kind of look at um, all of this, um, I'm curious about, you know, be, even beyond this, what is it that you're passionate about in your work? You know, I, I think you have such a uh, an interesting and diverse background. Um, certainly, you're bringing uh, a systems perspective to leadership in a way that's really instructive for all of us. But, but what what really makes you tick? Would you say? Well, if you were to you scratch me hard enough, you'll find a professor. So I, I, I you know, I used to talk for a living right at the university so that's that's part of who i am but another another thing that i, I is very much a, a passion for me as as you saw from my career i was the head of geosciences at nsf and before that i directed a national lab that focused on sort of environmental science i think this is going to be the century where we need to bring together our understanding of the biophysical world how the planet ticks the waterways the the soil, the food structures, the bio, biota. We need to bring together our understanding of the biophysical world and the human world, of the economic world, the, the world of where people make decisions based on risk and uncertainty, almost the social sciences. And so I think there is a tremendous need for STEM research and social science research um, bringing to bear the, the solution sets that people are going to need going forward. And we have a, a lot of issues we're going to have to grapple with. That's one of the reasons why an educational um, setting is, is so important. We need the human capital. We need to develop those skills and have young people e- express them because, you know, with, with things like uh, soils and food and transportation and um, severe weather events, etc., we need to really bring to bear our 
our um, scientific understanding of the systems and the scenarios and put it in the context of how people live and make decisions. I think that's a grand challenge for this century. And I think for that, to take that on, you need um, higher educational systems like SUNY to really go after it. And, um, and, and it's not just in the U.S., it's around the world. When I was at NSF, um, I co-founded something called the Belmont Forum, which brought together funding executives from um, European Commission, Australia, Canada, Japan, China, and even the Global South, Brazil and India and South Africa, to work together and collaborate around what research arenas are really needed um, next. So similar to the discussion I, we just had about the RF, we, we did that internationally as well. And I always remember being thrilled at the meeting where it was the, it was the pledging meeting where um, it was, we had decided on what were the most important um, research agendas. One was freshwater security, actually, and coastal vulnerability, which is, which is all related to Sandy. But, mm. um, it, so there'd been agreement with all of these players, international players, to co-fund them. And then we had the pledging meeting, and it was the Global South that put the first um, 2 million euros into the common pot. And, and uh, that led to an, uh, a research proposal opportunity, and scientists and technologists from over 140 countries participated in that. So wow. I think that there is a need in the future for um, us to sort of really connect across natural and, and, and social sciences with a problem-solving approach, looking at scenarios, probabilistic risk mitigation things, and that's all going to be, um, it's going to, that's what society needs for a prosperous future, a healthful future, and it's going to be, it's just like in the Civil War times, it was the agrarian economy, now it's this knowledge economy, but with resource limitations and impacts that we need to take into account. So I'm very passionate about uh, building teams to create solutions that society can, can utilize, and I would love to see New York State as the international hub of those what I call saleable solutions, things that will make our cities smarter, our waterways smarter, our transportation systems smarter, um, bringing to bear these systems engineering um, aspects. And SUNY can model that. Um, and and we, I could give you some examples of that being modeled by SUNY because of the ability to collaborate across disciplinary boundaries. So that's going to be the hallmark again. But I think in the area of, of um, sort of healthful futures for humanity, we're going to need to grapple with these, these issues. They're not going to go away, and we need to do it without you know, politicizing them, without hyping them, without exaggerating, just going for the core solution sets that, uh, that we need. That's very exciting to me. It's very exciting to hear you talk about this, and I'm actually very glad I asked you the question. And We only have a minute or so left, but I, I'm struck by how important it is to be able to convene the thinkers, uh, the researchers who can work together in this way. Um, do you have any, any thoughts about what leads to a successful collaboration? Just a few tips for, for listeners who might be trying to host collaboration. Well, I, I really think it's important for the collaborators to own the space. Uh, Top-down um, doesn't work that well. Bottoms-up can work, but if the top is resistant, then it doesn't work well. So, it's, again, it's one of these strange coins where you need both the top-down aspirational opening 
and you need the ownership and the shared vision by the people who are going to do the work, that what I, some people refer to as bottoms up. Having events and showcasing that kind of um, synergy is critically important to get started. If, if you start off on either side of that, then your likelihood of success is much, is, is much lower. So I think, I think that's a really important part of it. Uh, I also think that our early career folks um, are just brimful of talent. And in some senses, we need to get out of their way in terms of senior administrators. We need to open the doors and let, let, the, let, the, let the dialogue and the collaboration um, move forward. So we need to take advantage of the fact that we have these um, really excellent um, young folks entering our community, and, and we need to give them opportunities to succeed and to grow and to stretch across boundaries mm-hmm. and barriers. Mm-hmm. So those are the two elements I'd, I'd, I'd add in. It's got to be a, a combination of sort of uh, top-down, bottoms, and bottoms-up, and then the early career folks, and, and the diversity of ideas and backgrounds and uh, experiences is very important. To have those teams be diverse is, is also a, a really good indicator of success. Thank you so much. You know, your passion is contagious and you've given us so much to think about. I know that, as always, I have learned from you. And I want to say thank you, um, Tim, for being on the show with me today. We're going to close. This is Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. I'm Kate Ebner, and my guest today has been Dr. Tim Colleen. Thank you. Thank you. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed hearing from leaders who are using vision to create an inspiring future. Please join host Kate Ebner for another edition of Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business Channel. Meanwhile, visit www.nebocompany.com for more tips on bringing your own vision to life.